Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that shines a light on every corner of the property world. Today, we're asking what Scotland got that some other parts of the UK don't seem to have. Scotland will outperform the rest of the UK in terms of house price growth over the next few years. And can the Scottish market do what most of us would really like to do? Ignore the politics. We did have an independence referendum. We had a change in our tax system. We've had additional dwelling supplement increased this year. So every corner you turn, the government are throwing reasons at you not to buy houses. But you just can't put your lives on hold for that long. I'm Guy Ruddle and with me to take a proper look at what's going on in Scotland are three people steeped in Scottish property. Cameron Ewer is Head of Residential Sales in Scotland for Savills. Hello, Cameron. Hi, Guy. Fezzel Chowdhury has been researching the Scottish residential market for 15 years, so knows a thing or two about it. Hello, Fezzel. Hello. And if you're interested in buying a Scottish country house, then look no further than Anna Gardner, who is an Associate Director in the Edinburgh office. Anna, hello. How are you? Hi there. Very well, thank you. Great stuff. So let's get into this. I mean, I sort of hinted at the beginning there that Scotland's doing pretty well. Is that the case, Cameron? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are experiencing arguably the best market we've had in a decade. Um, we've had a very fast start to, to 2019, uh, carrying on from a very strong finish to 2018. And to address one of your statements at the start of, you know, can we ignore the politics? Um, it certainly feels that way at the moment. Really? I mean, I always slightly worry when state agents start getting a bit bullish. Yeah, I think we have to be. Um, you know, if you look at what we've come through over the last 10 years, there's been 10 years of reasons not to buy houses and you just can't put your life on hold forever. So I think it's important that, that we as agents and researchers can only report the facts. And I mean, Fez will talk about the statistics, but actually us as agents, I think we like to talk about how it feels out there as well and how it feels is very positive. And, and certainly the results back that up. And Fez, on those statistics, uh, do the statistics back up the feeling? Yeah, as a researcher, my job is to ensure that my agent colleagues are speaking the truth. And the Scottish residential property market has had a robust uh, few years. The number of transactions across the country has reached about 100,000. And it's been at that level for the past few years and 17% higher than a 10-year average. The prime residential market in which we specialise has uh, enjoyed its uh, highest ever year in terms of transactions. And the million pound market has had the highest number of transactions since 2008. So what's making that happen? The popularity of Scotland uh, from overseas purchasers, the value gap and the quality of life, I believe, are the main drivers of demand in Scotland. And uh, Cameron, is 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 it a sort of Edinburgh, Glasgow thing or... Well, maybe I should be asking Anna that, actually, because Edinburgh and Glasgow are probably places that we'll talk about in a bit more detail as we get into it. But are you, in your country role, you know, outside of the big cities, Anna, are you seeing the same sort of situation? Well, I suppose if you look back over the past decade, um, the country market was very much characterised by oversupply and low price growth. Uh, yes, there are the hotspots um, which have bucked that trend, prime locations in St Andrews, the East Nuke of Fife, um, East Lothian. Um, but really more recently, momentum has been building. We've seen much more positivity in the terms of uh, transaction numbers. We've got an increase in buyers registering with us. And, you know, just to go back as to, to 
Scotland and, and what's attractive about Scotland? Well, there's clearly something because 40% of buyers registering with us come from outside of Scotland. Is that right? So it's, 40%. So nearly half of people are sort of wanting to move. And are they, are they wanting to move to Scotland? It's, it's not like the London market where you sometimes get, and I know it's not strictly true and it's overplayed, but, you know, people buying for investment and, and not necessarily wanting to live there. there. There is a mix. There is a mix without a doubt. You know, you've got a number of people who are having that sort of aspirational second home purchase in the countryside. But a lot of these are main residences. We've got a good mix of buyers. I think as well, I think, you know, people do have a love affair with Scotland. And, you know, certainly in, in the West, we saw last year that 50% of our buyers came from outside of Scotland. The vast majority of these all have a pre-existing connection, whether that's ancestral, whether it's having been at university in one of the cities. Uh, and I think as much as anything else, we also have affordability. When you look at the prices in Scotland versus the rest of the UK, we are seen as a very attractive prospect. Yeah, so so when you know if you're doing property porn as as uh, I, I tend to do every now and then, and you you know you come across something this enormous house. I'm sort of slightly back to you, Anna here, but this enormous house for half a million pounds or something, and you that you know that it's either in Wales or it's in in, in Scotland, right? I mean, that, uh, you can get an enormous amount for your money, can't you? Yeah. There's definitely a bang, good bang for your buck, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, with that comes obviously the lifestyle. Um, yes, it takes a lot of commitment. Some properties need maintenance, things like that. But really, it, it all comes down to just kicking off the shoes at the end of a, a busy week. And you're, you're, you're sitting in your holiday location without going away from home. So when you when you look forward, then so you, you, I think we've established that it's been a pretty good time, and it's currently a good time. Is it going to stay that way? Do you think? I think it will be unwise of us to ignore what's happening in terms of uh, Brexit challenges uh, in London and the southeast. But Scotland so far uh, has remained unfazed by that uncertainty. We are expecting lower levels of growth in, in twenty nineteen. But Scotland will outperform the rest of the UK in terms of house price growth over the next few years, led by the uh, undersupply of homes in the two main hubs of Edinburgh uh, and Glasgow, the value gap and strengthening uh, local economies uh, in, in Glasgow and the existing uh, strong economy in Edinburgh. So it's interesting you mentioned Brexit there because, of course, it, you know, for the rest of the UK, Brexit's a thing in terms of the property market. But you've got Brexit and independence to deal with. Cameron, does, does that, I mean, we sort of hinted earlier that perhaps the, you, I think you said that the politics perhaps is, you know, is being ignored. Is it more of a factor, do you think, in people's thinking usually? Yeah, I, look, I, I think it goes back to what I was saying before, you know, Scotland has had to come overcome more hurdles actually than the rest of the UK. You know, we did have an independence referendum. We had a change in our tax system. We've had additional dwelling supplement increased this year. So every corner you turn, people are throwing, or the government are throwing reasons at you not to buy houses. Um, but you just can't put your lives on hold for that long. You know, if you look, as I say, over a 10 year period at what we've had to get through, why would you not buy now? You know, Fez will talk about the statistics, I'm sure, as to the predicted growth over the next five years. And there's nothing in there that's alarming. And, and 
with the imbalance we've got currently of supply and demand, and you look at the demand stats for March in the run up to what should have been Brexit, um, you know, our, our new buyers registering were up by over 30% compared to the same point last year. But yet the supply has remained absolutely static. As long as you have got increasing demand and level supply, we're going to have house price growth. And I, I think we've hit a point in time where if you were going to move to Scotland, and I think we had a period of time where buyers from down south perhaps weren't realising what they wanted for their houses or weren't able to sell it, but they have been able to more recently. They're making these long-awaited lifestyle changes and they're moving back. And I, I don't see any threat to that in, in the short to medium term. And that, that is a confidence that seems to be shared amongst our buyers. Fezzel, it's interesting, Cameron, saying I don't see any threat. You know, you're predicting 18 plus of 18% growth over the next five years. There must be, there must be some risk you know, that, 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 that you won't achieve that. Uncertainty is built into the Scottish market. We've been experiencing it for a number of years. And our forecast for Scotland is slightly lower than the, the northern parts of England due to the northern powerhouse that exists in those areas. But you, you can't forget in Scotland we have uh, the economy of Aberdeen, which uh, performs countercyclical to the rest of the country, and that market has had a challenging few years. So, if you remove at the Aberdeen area from the Scottish figures, boosted by Edinburgh and Glasgow, this overall Scotland uh, figure over the next five years would would be much higher. Okay, well, let's take that then and look at. We've had quite a lot of good look at the at the, at the countryside, if you like, with Anna. Let's look at the different cities. Uh, basically, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Aberdeen. Let's let's rattle through them, Cameron. First of all, Edinburgh, Glasgow, similar or one better than the other? I think Edinburgh has has certainly been leading the charge over the last three or four years. Uh, definitely at the top end in terms of million pound sales. And I think last year there was a, a, a million pound sale every three days in Edinburgh across all agents. Really, uh, which was you know astonishing. Uh, to put that into perspective, last year in Glasgow, in Greater Glasgow, there were only 12 million pound sales, but already that's been eclipsed in the first quarter of this year. So I think we're seeing a resurgence there. Aberdeen has definitely had it tough over the last four or five years. Um, but if you look at the applicant numbers, so this is new buyers registering, they're up 97% year on year um, from where we were. Viewing activity is up 67%. So I think it is fair to say that the green shoots of recovery are definitely there. Why, why is that? Because, you know, you would imagine, I mean, Aberdeen presumably very much linked to North Sea Oil and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. And with that, I don't know how, how whether winding down is the right term, but let's use it for the sake of argument. What's replacing that in terms of demand? I think, dare I say, it, it's you start to get consistency and you start to adapt to to what is just a lower level of market. But where prices have been depressed like that, there has to be opportunity, and I think people are beginning to recognise that as the rest of Scotland has really started to move forward. Aberdeen is not going to stay behind forever. And I think we're beginning to see the benefits of that. And Fezzel, you said right back at the beginning that it was your job to make sure that these two estate agents told the truth. Uh, I think they've sounded a bit like the Scottish Tourist Board uh, for the last 10 minutes or so. Is there a danger that with all this positive talk that actually it ends up in a boom-bust situation? I don't think that will be the case because there's much more room for growth uh, in Scotland, if you compare Edinburgh and Glasgow values with those of other university cities, 
including Cambridge uh, and Oxford. If you look at the growth those cities have witnessed over the past decade compared to Edinburgh Glasgow, it shows that there's much more room, more, much more capacity for, for value growth. And furthermore, uh, if you look at the most expensive parts of Scotland, they're still uh, much lower in term, uh, compared to the most cheapest parts of London. I always give the example of the uh, London borough of Barking and Dagenham, which has the lowest average house price in London at about £300,000, and that's 14% higher than Edinburgh, which is the most expensive part of Scotland. I'm already going to get myself into a lot of trouble here, but I know where I would rather live, Edinburgh or Barking and Dagenham. Now, several standout statistic time when you uh, you all have to come up with a simple statistic that makes people go, gosh, I didn't know that. Uh, who wants to go first? Cameron, why don't we start with you? What's your Savile standout statistic? Well, obviously, I mentioned the 97% increase in applicants in Aberdeenshire, which is obviously exceptional. But I, I think as well, if you look and we talk about resurgence in the Scottish markets um, to see that our average price on exchange, so or concluding missives, I should say, is, you know, that's the correct Scottish terminology, uh, is up 16%. So that is demonstrating a real push back at the top end of our market, which is very promising to see. Concluding missives, is that the term in Scotland? That is that is the term in Scotland, and it effectively means exchanging contracts. Oh, excellent. That's another thing I've learned today. We'll save the truth-telling uh, researcher for last. So, Anna, what's your Savile standout statistic? Well, also really illustrating the superb level of confidence in the market. Um, I think my killer statistic has to be that simply the number of properties going on under offer year on year is up by... in the country market. Wow, 84%. Was it off off a really low base or no? It was all good. It it, it was still pretty good last year. It's just been amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Fezzel, what's your statistic? What's your killer stat? Over the last five years, a total of 410,000 people have moved to Scotland uh, from the rest of the UK and overseas which uh, underlines Scotland's international profile and why people are are, uh, considering uh, moving north of the border for the better quality of life. It's not just us saying it. The statistics show it themselves. And what's the biggest challenge facing Scotland as a result of that is uh, a lack of supply to feed the the demand for housing uh, north of the border. And I don't suppose this podcast has done anything to dampen that demand either. Thank you all very much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you in the studio. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If you want to find out more, you'll find the Scotland Residential Report on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research. And you can find a link in the episode information of this podcast. Uh, there's much to digest there. There's all sorts of detail which goes beyond what we've been talking about. So I suggest you uh, you check that out if you have a chance. And if you're the sort of person who breaks into a cold sweat at the mere thought of missing an episode of Real Estate Insights, then please subscribe to us using your usual podcast provider. You can also go backwards to podcasts about all sorts of things from why flexible office space is booming to where to buy your next ski chalet. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. See you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. 
This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.